You're listening to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting week number five, second month of Right Side Radio. And like the man said, solid, conservative, and just plain right has been our mantra throughout and will continue to be. Uh, we're glad you're with us. We're here every week, Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 p.m., just basically sprawling out across North Alabama. And you can also pick us up online. If you want to just listen to it by streaming, you can go to www.rightsideradio.org, and there's a Listen Live button. We can find that. That way, if you're driving out of range, you can keep the show. Copper is running the board. Good day to you, Miss Copper. Good day. You doing all right today? I am. It's Monday, but, you know... Blessed to be alive. <laughs> it, it's Monday, but Friday's coming. That's right. <laughs> I guess so. Well, hey, listen, uh, we got plenty to cover today. I mean, we got we got a, we got a great show. There's so much going on right now. We're going to talk a little bit here about the politics of fear, about the fact that, in my opinion, fear is a liar. I'll get into that in just a minute. At three o'clock, we got a, a friend of mine, uh, State Representative Arnold Mooney, one of the arguably more conservative members of the state legislature, calling in. Going to talk about some uh, trends we're seeing in state politics and the fact that. If you look at who's uh, deciding not to run again, it's a lot of them are the ones who uh, believe in term limits. <laughs> anyway, uh, but they are the more conservative members, some of them, and we're losing some conservative members of the body. And uh, I'm just going to get Arnold's thoughts on that. And then we got covered down on the news. There's a whole lot going on right now with the Olympics, uh, with uh, you know the critical race theory, with, with the fact that um, there's some international stuff going on with China and Iran that you're not hearing in the news for the most part. A new report out today says that uh, there's a new report showing that the uh, the COVID lab in China may be the greatest cover-up in history because of true evidence, not just circumstantial evidence, but true evidence of activities in and around Wuhan lab that lend to the uh, to the possibility that it was actually a leak from the lab, or at the very least that China knew well before they disclosed it to the world. But you know, for now, though, I want to spend some time talking about fear, and, and I, you know. I'll be honest with you, last year toward the beginning of all the COVID-19 crisis, I wrote an op-ed, and you can still find the op-ed, by the way, all the things that I write get posted on my website, rightsideradio.org. And so if I've published it in the last, you know, eight, 10 years, it's on there. But this op-ed, I called out the many people who at that point had gone out and used their public platforms to just scream at the general public and sow fear and discord and offer not one whit of a solution. Now, in that opinion, I call those people knuckleheads, and some of them still are. You see, people don't generally flock to fear mongers. They don't willingly follow those who cast blame and backlash as the first line of discussion. Fear mongers may be tolerated, but they are never appreciated. Fear mongers wear out their welcome quickly, and in time, they are cast aside in favor of someone who will provide value. Look, look, look here's an example in history. Have you ever heard of Florence Nightingale? You, you may have, but do, but do you know her story? Florence Nightingale is considered one of the founders of modern nursing, establishing what I believe was the first nursing school in London in the 1800s. But her actual fame arose during the British Crimean War in the mid-1850s. She traveled out to the far ends of the earth, and she found out that, that many soldiers were dying of disease and infection and malnutrition more so than they were of their war injuries. And oftentimes those deaths were occurring in so-called military hospitals. So Florence Nightingale became a voice for those people, and she fought for better conditions. Those soldiers she walked among would experience her walking among them while they were injured and diseased, and she would treat them and speak with them with confidence, 
giving them the will to live. And she became known as, quote, the lady with the lamp because her habit was to also make night rounds. After all the doctors had gone to bed, she would walk around with a lamp at night and check on every patient after hours, which is a fact that also brought them some solace in their recovery. But Florence Nightingale, aside from being a great nurse, was also a prolific writer. And in one of her writings, she stated this, and I quote, Fear imprisons. Faith liberates. Fear paralyzes. Faith empowers. Fear disheartens while faith encourages. So folks, if if all someone does is choose to present fear as some form of a motivator, then they are not part of the solution. They are part of the problem. Case in point for me, the thing that got me to do this as my op-ed was just yesterday reading a new op-ed by Kyle Whitmire, who writes for AL.com. He wrote a piece that I took issue with this past weekend on my Twitter feed. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sin, that's S-E-N, at Sin Phil Williams. And the title of it was, quote, I fear what happens next to Alabama. I hope America is watching. He went on to describe his, quote, fear that my state will get ripped to shreds by COVID, end, end quote. He went on to cry that we're all just, quote, sitting ducks and that, quote, blame is due to be cast on those common folk who just walk around living their lives like life has to go on or something. He took issue with the notion that the state legislature passed a law that forbids governments and businesses from demanding proof of your vaccination before they extend you goods and services. He can't believe that every school district in the state is not requiring masks. We may, according to Whitmire, be in a post-July 4th surge in COVID because so many patriotic fools just dared to congregate to celebrate the birth of our nation. And he culminated this printed whining session with a statement that got me more than anything else. According to Kyle Whitmire, And I quote, fear is the right response. Well, let me clarify for the record. Fear is never the right response. Are you hearing me? Fear is never the right response. Nothing good operates or happens when we operate from a spirit of fear. As someone who has been to some scary places and experienced some truly scary things, I can tell you that fear is not a motivator. Fear is soul crushing. Fear is contagious. Fear can sweep through the ranks and paralyze a whole unit in battle. I'll never forget, and I wasn't in the room for this, but I heard firsthand from someone who was. There was a colonel that, was, uh, that I, was, uh, I, I was affiliated with in Afghanistan who arrived uh, on duty uh, in country uh, after most of the unit had already gotten there, went to a meeting with the general officer who he was supposed to report to, and began to immediately um, tell the general why security was an issue and why he had deep concerns about you know, safety and, and that there were all kinds of things going on that gave him pause and, and just expressed his fear and concerns, to which at one point the guy who was in the room with him told me that the general finally stopped and said, it's a war, colonel. If you're scared, I'll send you home. He said he, he, said he, couldn't, he couldn't scoot back in his chair fast enough. When bullets are flying, troops don't look for the one who's going to tell them to curl up in a ball and hope the fight will pass them by. Heroic actions are often inspired by other heroic actions. Calm under fire is a hallmark of good leadership. And so are facts. So let's take a look at facts that people like Kyle Whitmire and other fear mongers don't seem to want you to know. They want to tell you constantly, Alabama is the lowest vaccination state in the nation, only 34%. Well, okay, how about this? As of this weekend's reporting on a website you can go to, usafacts.org, which I linked on my Twitter feed, usafacts.org. All these are straight from the CDC's reporting. As of right now, Alabama is on par with a third of the other states who are in the 40-ish category for having had at least one shot. 70%, though, keep in mind this, Alabama has a certain number of doses that have been given to the state to, to, 
to disseminate, all right? And of those doses that we have been given that are available within our state, 70% of those have already been administered. 75% of all Alabamians over the age of 65 have had at least one dose. That's our most vulnerable population. 75% of them have already gotten the whole thing going, and they're, they're on track to be fully vaccinated. 56% of Alabamians between the age of 50 to 64 have had at least one dose. So it takes on a whole new flavor when you get the full story, doesn't it? Now, I don't know what people like Kyle Whitmire or other members of the lamestream media have to gain from such fear-mongering. I mean, is it just clicks online? Is it a narrative they desperately want you to follow so you can, they can keep you in the direction they want you in? Or is it simply that they're just so scared and constantly bedwetting that they want other people to be miserable too, so they'll be less ashamed of their own inability to rise to the occasion? Well, I, for one, am not going to hide in a cave. I take all the precautions. I live life respectively and respectfully too, by the way. I know for a fact that COVID exists. My family had it. And I'm not going to tell you whether I've had the vaccine or not, but I can tell you that you listeners are smart enough to look at it and decide whether you want it. And it is your right to take it or not to take it. Me personally, I'm going to live my life indelibly, intentionally, intensely, and I invite you to join me. We are getting through this. There will always be scary days. It's what you do with those scary days that defines who you are. And fear, well, fear is a liar. And that's a wrap for the right side way. Well, I'm fired up today. I guess you can tell. I sit down and I get my thoughts together for a right side way every time, and then I come in and give it, and I feel like the emotion rises about three notches. But listen, that's the way the world is that we live in right now. They're going to tell you to be scared because they want you to be scared because they know if you're scared, you'll do more of what they say because sheep are scared, sheep dogs are not. It's important that you recognize that courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is saddling up anyway is what John Wayne said. So listen, folks, we need you to saddle up. All the fear mongers, just tell them where to go. The reality is we will get through this. We got more to come on the show today. We'll be right back after this. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk powerhouse of North Alabama and the biggest show on the air in afternoons in North Alabama is this one, Right Side Radio. I'm your host, Phil Williams. And like the guy just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, before we go any further, i got to tell you real quick about my friends over at etaxbreaks.com. etaxbreaks.com. You may or may not know that if you're a business who just runs your business like with, I don't know, common sense, what seems like common sense may actually be rewardable. There are like over 3,000 programs out there, government and non-government, that reward businesses, give them tax breaks, tax incentives, grants, those kinds of things. For simply doing things like placing your business in a certain geographic location or you know, hiring uh, during the pandemic or retaining your people during the pandemic, or for that matter, did you hire a veteran? Did you hire someone with a criminal past and give them a chance? All those things, guess what? You, you, they, there may be ways to reward you. You didn't know there was money out there on the table just waiting for you to claim it. Well, etaxbreaks.com does that for people. I've known these folks. they got 23 years' experience putting people in connection with the money they didn't know they qualified for. I've seen them wipe out the whole tax liability for companies, and they don't get paid unless they find you money. Last month, they told me the other day, they billed out over $7 million in 
monies for their clients that the clients didn't know they qualified for before. $7 million. Listen, etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side is a website. etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side. Check them out. Hey, I want to go to a good friend of mine now, somebody who I have a great deal of respect for, uh, Arnold Mooney, State Representative Arnold Mooney. Uh, he represents uh, House District 43 in the uh, Alabama House of Representatives. Uh, my recollection was he got elected in 2014 at least. Uh, he's got his uh, undergrad and his master's from uh, Sanford University, also attended some postgraduate studies in public administration at George Washington University. Uh, Arnold Mooney is no stranger to politics, and he's arguably one of the more conservative members of the House. Representative Mooney, thanks so much for being on the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good to be with you, Phil. Always good good to be on a great show about liberty and protecting the freedoms that we have as Americans. Well, I I appreciate that, brother. And and I know that is uh, part of the way you live your life. And, um, Arguably, you are one of the more conservative members of the uh, State House of Representatives. In fact, a lot of people don't know this, um, but there was a real movement of opposition within the body on that marijuana bill that came up last year. And you were one of the members of the House who, in spite of the fact that COVID protocols kept you guys totally separated, you were all over the place. I think you were in the balcony and then somewhere on the floor, somewhere down the hallways in their offices, all voting on machines and different things. Y'all staged one of the best Republican-led filibusters uh, that anyone could remember in the state house. Am I right? Well, what I would say is I think most people who were there who were not in favor of the system that was proposed were members of the body who believed in supporting people in relation to medical research and helping them with products that could be first-time choices and things of that nature. But the process of expanding government and developing another uh, somewhat like an ABC board just simply costs the people of our state more money, and it has nothing to do with providing the services that are needed. I mean, it certainly makes sense that certain groups wanted to be sure that uh, whatever product was used was grown in Alabama, that type thing. But the whole idea of setting up a mechanism to cost the citizens of our state more money just simply made no sense. That didn't have anything to do with medical. Medical is doctors, nurses, and uh, pharmacists, and people who are have committed their lives to the service of, of felt their fellow man in uh, medicine, and I'm all for that. We did work hard to try to present a lot of evidence uh, and to uh, present the side that we felt needed to be heard. So um, that's just the way it is. That's what you do when you serve. You did a great job, and, and, and to Arnold, to your point, the um, the thing that did not get any press was the fact that it didn't matter whether you agreed or disagreed with marijuana. That bill grew government, raised taxes, stomped on some civil liberties by allowing warrantless search and seizure, and, and literally was a big government, big spending bill that's going to create new infrastructure that we do not need. And and also well, that was that was my view, Phil, and uh, absolutely that's the reason that I voted against it. I did not vote against trying to assist and help people who are in need and certainly who are desperate to try and solve pain problems and things of that things of that nature. But you're definitely correct. Well, that that's my concern. That's where I wanted to go. I didn't really call you on here to talk about the marijuana bill, but it lends to the discussion I did want to have with you, and that's the fact that I saw most recently a list of all of the members of the body who have either announced or have not announced, for that matter, whether they're going to run for re-election. And I was a little distressed to see how many of what I would consider to be the more conservative members of the State House of Representatives are, are 
not going to run. We've got, uh, I, what I understand, you're you're running again, and but uh, Rich Wingo is not from Tuscaloosa. Mike Holmes is not. Uh, Andrew Sorrell is not. And and those are some of the most conservative members of the body, among others. Um, who and, and, and so I'm hopeful that we're going to wind up having some conservatives take their place if indeed they're not going to run for re-election. What, what are your thoughts on the makeup well, of would, the body after the election? I would hope so as well. I mean, obviously, Schwingo and I have been, have been seatmates sat beside each other in the legislature for quite a while and uh, have gotten to know each other well. And I certainly commend Rich on his eight years of service, and he felt that was what he was supposed to serve. And uh, others like Mike Holmes, the same type thing. They're not quitting. They're they're honoring positions that they took about um, how long they would serve. I mean, I've supported term limits and continue to support them. Uh, I am running again, but uh, I do think there's a point at which you come to say it's time for someone else to be involved. We need good conservatives all over the state to run. The important thing for Alabama is for people to realize we've got to stand up and be counted on value and principle. And if we aren't, then, you know, we're not going to be able to do the things we need to do. Truthfully, it's a situation that if we don't win back nationally what needs to be done to support our Constitution and the freedoms that it protects, then it's really not going to matter what happens in our state. We've got to become who we are and what we were founded to be and what we're about. And certainly there have been problems. Certainly there have been things that were done that were wrong. No one would deny that type thing. But we have got to stop trampling on individual rights and freedoms and allowing the leftist socialist um, Democrats to try and destroy and rip apart the very Constitution that protects them as well as us. Well, and I agree with you completely, Arnold, and we talk about that a lot on this show. But one of the things I also agree uh, has to be done or believe has to be done is, you know, I've been saying on the show that, there are times when being a Republican does not mean you're a conservative. And we've got a lot of folks I would agree in with office. That 100%. There's a lot of folks in office, yeah, that have that kind of go along to get along mentality. They don't want to buck leadership. They don't want to be known as a, the guy who votes no when, when truthfully you can say yes a lot of times and say no on principle to a few things. And that's just, that's the, that's the right thing to do. I mean, I, I found more often than not that I can reach across the aisle and sometimes reach across my caucus and still get stuff done but I could also be conservative and proud of my votes in doing so. And, and, and I hope we're going to find people like that with will and backbone and, and a sense that they don't care what you know, other people think. They're going to do what they believe is the correct, most conservative thing to do for their constituents. I believe that's correct. I can only speak for myself. When I ran for office, I ran with a clearly uh, presented, defined set of uh, plans and positions and so forth. And I, <clears throat> excuse me. I uh, um, clearly told people that my intention was, and I asked them to call me out on it, uh, that my intention was to go to the legislature to stand on these things and that I w- would be the same guy the day that I walked out that I was the day that I walked in. And that's the intention I have. Foundational values and principles are what guide you and what must be dealt with. The size of government is a massive problem, both federally and in our state. I don't even think we can tell you how deeply in debt we are nationally. Obviously, in our state, we do have a balanced budget um, amendment in our Constitution, and our, our, we're, we're in pretty darn good physical condition. I think we're, we're listed at about number 15 in the nation. We've come through COVID with great financial resources, and I question the 
fact that we need to be using those resources as we have them without expanding the size of government. But, you know, that's a that was a foundational thing for me to stand on the side of cutting the size of government. And I'll be the first to say I don't know that we've been able to do it. We have had people in government who have uh, served in various positions who cut the number of people who were involved in the services they've delivered. But we just need to do more of it in order to be more efficient, be more transparent and more accountable to the people of our state. Well, I appreciate that. And, I, and I'm looking right now at, at, at your website. You've got a, a, a phrase on there that says, I will go to war with anyone, Republican or Democrat, who dares to sell out Alabama. And, um, and so, I mean, one of the things that we've been saying at the Alabama Policy Institute, where you know I also do quite a bit of work, is, is that uh, we need for Alabama to be an outpost of freedom and that some people are saying, and I agree with this premise, that the state legislatures are the bulwark, you know, but the state legislatures and the 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 attorneys general are the are the defense against the federal overreach that we're seeing right now. But if we don't have a conservative body willing to stand up and do those things that are necessary to create that line of defense, then they're just complicit, regardless of how red they are on paper. They're just complicit with what's happening out of D.C. and and so my hope is that these these offices that are going to wind up being open seats that we're going to see some conservatives step into the fray. I would agree with you on that. I mean, quite honestly, I think the most important bill that came out of the legislature this last time overall for everyone in the state of Alabama was a bill about vaccines and vaccine passports. Absolutely. And there was a tremendous amount of work and effort that went into the process. Senator Orr had the original bill that was presented. It was substituted in the Senate. It came to the House. It went through every kind of machination under the sun, I filed the same bill that came from the Senate in the House because it was a good bill, and we fought to get it back and finally got it back onto the floor. And that bill protects the people of our state, and that's the very thing you're talking about, is standing for what is right and correct, the, the process of informed consent, the process of people having a choice, people having a right to protect themselves as they choose. And You know, I'm not getting into an argument with anyone about whether they should be vaccinated or not, but that is a personal choice. And clearly the legislation that we had passed provides protections to the people of our state and also countermands comments from the Justice Department about what they can and can't do because they cannot take rules and override what is going on in our state by law. And it has been signed into law, and our Attorney General has clearly pointed out to everyone in our state that there are four things that uh, the bill, which was uh, now Act 2021-493, it prohibits state and local government entities from using or requiring the publication or sharing of immunization records not otherwise required by law. It prohibits state and local government entities from requiring vaccination as a condition for receiving government services or for entering into a government building. It prohibits institutions of education, both public and private from requiring students to prove any immunization status as a condition of attendance, only what was required prior to this bill. It it prohibits businesses from refusing to provide goods or services or refusing to allow admission to an individual based on the customer's immunization status or lack of immunization documentation. I mean, clearly that bill did more for freedom in our state than anything else we dealt with during the year, but it did not get that kind of coverage. 
it didn't get the kind of coverage, and it might almost be a blessing that it didn't get that kind of coverage, Arnold, because I'm not sure it would have passed if some of the powers that be had really caught wind of what was happening. And, and I do agree. I oh, said I on the show last that. week. I'm just talking about coverage since that time because oh, yeah. everyone who well, voted for that legislation voted for freedom for Alabamians. I completely voted for agree. The right of Alabamians to choose, the right of Alabamians to well, have First Amendment rights to let me, uh, let me ask you this, Arnold. that are best for their families. Before you before you leave, because I know you've got a meeting to go to, and I appreciate your time, but I'm going to ask you in the last minute I'm or so we've got with you. I'm good here for a few more minutes. Okay. Well, I, I want to ask you, though, before you go, though, you, you may be aware, and I don't know if they're in your district or not, but they're certainly in your Jefferson County delegation, the Birmingham Southern College, a private college, has instituted what would have to be called some coercive tactics to require you to disclose your vaccination status. Otherwise, you will face certain levels of monetary or, or educational discrimination. Things like you can't check into the dorms at the same day as everybody else unless you prove your vaccination status. Or you, your education could cost you $500 more than a student who willingly portrays their vaccination status. So it just seems to me like they're saying, okay, we won't ask you, but if you don't tell us, we're going to make your life really hard, which I think defeats at least the spirit of the law. What are your thoughts? I think it defeats, it does not defeat the law. The law clearly, clearly states that they do not have a right to do what they're trying to do. I know Senator Orr spoke to it, I think, last Thursday or Friday. He uh, talked about the whole process uh, of $500 being uh, required, you know, uh, as far as some type of cost or something and so forth and so on. He kind of called it a constructive barrier. You know, and I think he's correct. It is definitely a barrier, and I know he's reported it, and others of us have reported it, and it needs to be dealt with. The fact of the matter is is that they do not have the right to refuse services or educational services specifically in this case, even if they are a private school. The law is clear on that, and that's what has to happen. Well, it is also got means to be done in that way and in that manner. Yeah. And it also and means that. I'd even go a step further. I'd go one go step further on this whole thing. We are having statewide races that are going on. We need to be paying attention not just to our local congressional, um, excuse me, House races, but we've got congressional races and we've got statewide races for our constitutional officers. We need to be supporting people who stand with the people, people who stand on principle and value as Americans and what we're about as Americans and how we've gotten to where we are. We don't need to be milk toasty and, uh, you know, backing up in this process. The very sake of our country, state of our country, and the future of our children and grandchildren is at stake at this point. We cannot back away from supporting those people who will stand on foundational constitutional rights. And that, my brother, is a great place to end your segment. What powerful words. Folks, that's uh, State Representative Arnold Mooney, uh, somebody who I've known and appreciated and worked with in the legislature, somebody who I still consider to be a friend and, uh, and who I believe is doing all the right things uh, that we can tell so far down in, in, in Montgomery. Uh, State Representative Mooney, thanks for your time here on Right Side Radio. We'll be back. Thank you, Phil. It was a pleasure to be with you. Absolutely, brother. I will be back right after this. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, Right Side Radio.